Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for listening to Unfiltered Faith. It's Emily today, and I am going to be doing another devotion. I am so excited because this one is honestly one of my favorites. Um, This passage that I'm going to be reading is so good, and I'm so excited. We're talking about what is your identity. So I'm just going to get right to it, um, read through it, and then talk about it. So if you want to open up your Bibles, we're in Romans 8. So Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. And it's a good one. Okay, so it starts with, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself is interceding for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all us, for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus died. More than that, um, who is raised to life. It is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Okay, that is quite the verses. <laughs> um, I love this part of the Bible. Romans all together is really great. But um, I want to talk about this some because we are still in what is your identity. And there's a lot in that that can lead you to that answer so um going back to romans 8 chapter sorry verse 26 (laughs) um it talks about how in the same way the spirit has helped us in the weakness in our weakness the one thing that i heard or like was spoken to me was um the quote or the verse of his strength is made perfect in our weakness that's something that's like kind of derived from the bible and turned into a quote almost um because in all of our sufferings, which there are many in life, he is always glorified through them. If we, often we have to hit rock bottom in order to find God, or not necessarily to find God, but in order to have him do a work in us. Because we as people are very prideful, and we find it very hard to be humble, and so sometimes it takes us to the valley. We have to be in that depth, we have to be at such a low that there is no room for pride and when there's no room for pride God can take over because we're giving him the ability to be our God rather than letting ourselves be our own God so that is super important 
I really like that verse. And it goes on to then talk about um, the Spirit interceding for us. So I think this is really cool. A lot of people are sometimes confused about the Holy Spirit and what what he is, what it's like, and how he works. Um, so these verses actually right here really do reveal some about that because it talks about how even when you're praying, you might not know what to pray, but it's like the words just fall off of your tongue. You know, you just start praying. And that is not us, but that is the Holy Spirit. And that is a really cool example of how he works through us. And then um, it talks about through wordless groans. That is so unique because it's not like we hear the audible voice of the Spirit speaking to us. You might sometimes hear something or the words words spoken. Like sometimes we say, like, I received a word. It's not necessarily that we hear the audible voice, but it's like you can feel that in your heart. And the way that it says groans, it's like it's like a tugging at your soul. It's a tugging at your mind or your tongue even. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool, um, that part. And then it says, He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So, if you're walking with Christ... Um, and you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, the, like the Spirit is within you, and truly it's He's working on your heart. God is always working on your heart at all times and placing His will in you. So that is what that little section is about. And all of that to me is just like, wow, that's really cool to think about because the Spirit is a very unique and amazing thing um, that we don't often talk about, but it's really important. So that's a few words about that section. Moving on to verse 28, um, let's see, this part then talks about God's love for us. So, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I'll stop right there. You have been called by his purpose, okay? So, everybody here has a purpose, and if you're listening to this, you have a purpose, and God has a will for you. And um, he's called those, and he knows, sorry, I'm just going to read it again. (laughs) And we all know, we know that in all things, God works for those who love him. So if you love Christ, he's actively pursuing you and working for you, for the good of you, because he knows that you have a purpose, and he loves you with his whole entire heart, and when you love him back, then he can start doing those good works within you. Um, And to expand on that a little bit more, it goes on farther. It's talking about how God foreknew us. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. This is when it starts talking about our identity. So what is our identity in general and what is our identity in Christ? Well, it says that those he foreknew. So God has handpicked and chosen you from before you were even born before you were even created he foreknew you so that is just like shows his almighty being and it's just god knew everything about you every single struggle your whole entire life the path you're going to be taking and he foreknew that and he predestined you so you were handpicked you were chosen before and he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son so that is uh, that dives deeper into what is your identity because we 
as humans are sinners and we know that and we know that we um, have temptations and we struggle with pride and all of these different sins and they all stack on top of each other and just build. However, he has chosen you knowing that he's, he knows that and he still chose you because his the ultimate goal is to be an image of his son. The Bible talks a lot about how like living out life like Jesus. There's a lot of the things like what would Jesus do? What would he say? And all of that. But um, it's about living our life like Jesus being the image of his son because Jesus was the only perfect human or God in human form to walk this earth and be able to live out life without sinning, without giving into the temptations, which nobody has ever been able to do except for him. And that was the ultimate perfect plan of God in the beginning before the fall. And so it's like that is your identity because you are a sinner, but you were predestined and chosen by God. He knew that you were a sinner. He knows that you're going to keep on sinning. However, he loves you enough and sent his son to die for you his son lived out that perfect life that he knows that you and I cannot live but he did that in order that we could live a blameless life in his eyes so basically he sees you without all those flaws he sees the underneath he sees the the you that you were called to be by him that predestined that image of his son that's how he sees you your identity is not in the sins your identity is not in your past it is not in your temptations, but it is how he views you blameless before him because of the sacrifice of his son. And that's what it goes on to talk about some more. So, um, I love verse 30. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So again, you were predestined before you were even born and he called you. He called you to him because we didn't, we weren't born knowing Christ. No, he came into our lives after we were able to make decisions for ourselves and all that. Um, And after that, he's also justified you. So when you were born and even when you were called, you were still sinning, still making mistakes, living in our sins. But then he justifies you because of the blood of his son. And then he takes it farther and he glorifies He glorifies it through you. So you start to be that testimony to others in your life. You start to become a light. And you are truly glorified because you're set free from all of those sins and those chains. So um, farther on, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's another very famous verse. And then it goes into the reason of why you are blameless before sight. It goes into the reason of why your identity isn't the sin or your mistakes, but why your identity is this um, beautiful, just like perfect is, isn't the right word, but you are blameless. Blameless is used plenty. So a blameless person, you no longer have to carry around your shame or carry around that label. Um, and it says here in verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things so that just goes farther on like he was able to give up his one and only son to die for us and for us to be glorified 
to glorify his name. So, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Um, this switches topics a little bit, but basically, let's see. Um, when, I almost just want to say, like, when people are condemning others, like, that that's another huge topic that comes a little farther. There's just so much packed into every single word here. Um, so, you can't bring a charge against the person of God because God is the one who justifies. Truly, like, nobody can be, you can't be saved from your sin without Christ is how I see this. Like, yes, there's multiple meanings and goes deeper, but you can't be saved from your sins without Christ. And so you aren't justified before Christ, no matter what, no matter if like the judge is, says, gives you a verdict. God is the ultimate judge and he's the one who holds the true verdict. So it's talking about condemning later. Who is someone who can condemn? No one, because Christ has died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us. So to intercede for us is to like give a good word or to think of it as like a friend or like being there for you, speaking a good word about you. Um, and it's it's just like nobody can condemn one another. One, we don't have that authority and that's a whole another huge topic. But <laughs> um, truly, it's just like, it's a reminder and a good, like, it's a good thought because you cannot be condemned. You cannot be eternally condemned nor judged unless it is by the Father. So even if this world condemns you, even if you feel broken or left or just everybody hates you because of who you are, what you believe, truly the only thing that matters is how Christ views you. That also comes down to your identity because this world will give you an identity. This world will give you a label on if you are loved, if you are accepted in society, how they view you. But truly none of that matters. The ultimate thing that matters is how God sees you. And if you are a child of God. Because in the end, like they just said, who can condemn you? No one. Because Christ has already died for us. And so it's not valid. It's not it's that he has already been risen from the dead and that his blood worked. His blood was the sacrifice. And so nobody can condemn us because it's only God who does that. And we have already been set free from true condemnation, which is hell for eternity. And sorry, that was a long explanation. But, <laughs> um, and then it goes further. So it's just like, don't worry because who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword, and it's like, that's just like what I said, but in a little bit different words, is like, what is there even to fear then? Because if God is the ultimate goal, if God is the ultimate one for us, then, and if we know that truly it's his account and his words that matter, and whether he has called us, and whether we are sanctified and saved through him, that's the ultimate thing that matters. So, any famine, any death, danger of this world, truly what does it mean and what does it matter to us? Because we already know we have that eternity in heaven, which is way easier said than done. Like if you're faced with danger or if you are stuck, even in this pandemic, like that's all we can see, that's all we think about 
and we just think it's so terrible, but truly it's nothing, our present suffering is nothing compared to the future glory that we're going to receive. And so what is the point in worrying? What is the point in sulking and just being scared, fearful? That's not what we are called to be. And sometimes we can make that our identity too. Sometimes we make the fear and the stress our identities and that's just how we communicate to others with ourselves is like, yes, I am this anxiety. I am fear that, but truly that's not what Christ has called us to. Um, and let's see, verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, then neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, with a big fat period behind that. Um, <laughs> so just like what I've been going on with the same exact lines of, you know, who, who can we fear? Who shall we fear? Nobody, because Christ has already come and his love is eternal. Like that is a promise that is right there and it's something that we need to grasp and hold on to because no fear can separate us from the love of God. You are forever and eternally saved and you are forever loved if you have put your trust and hope in Jesus Christ and believe in him and love him with your whole being, then truly nothing can come between that because he has a supernatural love, something that we can't even comprehend. And the things of this world are nothing compared to him. So, yeah, that's the devotion today. Um, please go back and read that. Read all of Romans. It is so good. And there is always going to be more to be found. <laughs> there's, there's always going to be more. <laughs> I'm just not going to try it. That was such a bad grammar. Sorry. Um, anyways, you can always find more in the words. And... I hope that you took something from this and hope that you would share this with friends. Ask us questions at Prairie FC on Instagram if you have any questions or recommendations. Um, but yeah, just remember that your identity is determined by Christ, not by this world. And it's not determined by the things you've done, not determined by your past or your sins. Because truly he has already saved us. His blood worked. His love is still there. It's still existing and moving today along with his Holy Spirit. And there's nothing that we should fear because truly nothing can come between the love of Christ. So with that, um, I will just say I hope you have a great Christmas and a blessed rest of your day. Thank you.